Shauna, and we are your high priestess for this evening. Yes, we indeed are. Welcome back. We, uh, we, Mercury retrograde fucking goddess, man. It did. It really did. I always try and say, like, you know what? Don't, don't blame that for all of life's problems. Keep going. But you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and blame it for all of life's problems. This past one was pretty intense. Yeah. You know what? It wasn't as bad for me. I thought I've had uh, more intense ones, but this wasn't as bad as usual. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I think it was just funny because I was like, oh, look, like the show got away, like without anything happening to it. Like yes. we're good. And then we are, we're a day late right. on getting this done. So, but hey, but we're getting it done. So it's all right. good. So it might have put a skip in our step, but it did not stop us. That's right. We're fearless. We're witches. Don't fuck with us. How about that? I like it. I like it. So tonight, I actually have a little experiment because we always drink something on the show. We talk about what we drink. Monica doesn't like anything. That's not true. That's I like not a true. few you things. Like, you like some things, but you say that you don't like wine. I don't. But I know that you do like sweet things. I do like sweet. Yes. So I think that you would like Moscato. And the funny thing is that um, I actually bought a bottle for us to try on the show and then we had to delay a recording, and that bottle looked really tempting, and I drank it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I see. So mm-hmm. I replenished it, and I'm going to have you try it. I want to see what you think. So this one is, this, I just got like a really cheap basic one in case you weren't a fan. So this one is the Barefoot Bubbly. It's the Pink Moscato. Okay, I'll okay. give it a shot. So let's, let's see what you think. And if get you think buzzing. it might be okay, then I'll get us a better one for next time. Okay, here we go. Ready? No, thank you. <laughs> really? No, thank you. I'll oh, stick boy. to my beer tonight. What I'd like to try on air is Harvey's Bristol Cream. I've never even heard of that. It's so good. It that sounds I like, a, it's a sherry. like a okay. It's really, really good. It's it's actually one of my Thanksgiving drinks. It's seasonal. So I'll have it through Thanksgiving Yule season. Okay, I think, yeah, because about every Thanksgiving, I hear you talk about this alcohol, and in my head, it sounds like a really gross, like, knockoff Bailey's. Oh, no, no, nothing like Bailey's. It's not creamy at all. But it's called Bristol Cream. I know, that's, but it, that's, it's, it's not lying. creamy, That's though. misleading. It's, it's really a very good sherry. It's from uh, England, and uh, it's very regal. Okay. It's, it's really good. Really. I like if it. I like it, yeah. let me tell you, because I'm fussy, so. But I was raised on it. I remember being um, like eight years old, between eight and ten years old, and my aunt would bring out the Harvey's bottle at Thanksgiving, and me and my brother would get fucked up. <laughs> like we didn't know what we were doing during Thanksgiving dinner. Then we just pass out. Yeah, but we were allowed to drink on Christmas, and and Thanksgiving. Okay, that's cool. I yeah. can see that. So. It's yeah, it's really funny that you say that because yeah, every Thanksgiving is when I hear you talking about it. Yeah, you know, I just took a sip of the Moscato. I don't know how you don't like this. It just it's, it tastes it like tastes juice. Weird. It no, tastes like juice. It doesn't. This aftertaste. It's you know, weird. I gotta start recording you like when you try stuff because like your reaction like audio wise, I guess it's kind of funny. But I mean, man, your face is just fucking priceless. I can't hide it. <laughs> I can't hide it. I cannot hide it. Can't. 
Well, um, so I guess tonight I am going to be drinking uh, the the barefoot bubbly pink Moscato. Uh, And then as I finish from that, you guys are going to get a very tipsy witch tonight. I will hit my my white claw that I brought. They're they're yummy. I'm a fan. Okay, I'm going to drink my my Miller's tonight. You know what? Monica is such a fucking G, guys. She drinks 40s. (laughs) But you know how long I'll have this 40? That's not the point. It's that you have a 40 because you're a fucking gangster. You're the OG Strega. You see this? All it's, that's missing from here? It's just up to the neck. You just finished the neck. The- I wasn't drunk. It wasn't... I did not drink. Excuse me. I did it to gargle from my toothache. That, oh, yes. I used that from that, my toothache. That was a really cool trick that we learned for toothaches to gargle beer. I don't yeah. know what it is, but uh, it really does it help. It does help. It helps a lot. Yeah. So... We've covered our alcohol. We've covered that Moscato did not pass the test. I was willing to bet money it would. Um, and we started touching on your Thanksgiving drink. So I think that kind of brings us to our topic tonight, which is Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's right around the corner. I, I, dude, I don't know how the holidays came this fast. I feel like I can tell I'm becoming more of a grown up because I say that more and more every year. Very true. But I think that Thanksgiving is a really interesting time of year. It signifies, like, the beginning of the holidays. Even though, to me, that's Samhain and Halloween, I think, is what really kicks off the holiday season. Absolutely. But it's a time of abundance and gratitude. It is also a time of us reflecting on how much the pilgrims fucked over the Native Americans. That That is absolutely a part of it. Um, and while I don't, I, I don't take away from that point, I've always tried to look at Thanksgiving as like a gathering, a feast, especially as I've gotten older and I cook and it's been really nice. I've, I've spent Thanksgiving with you and your family. And it was just, it's really nice to be in that family atmosphere. If you have a family or you have friends that have a big family that you're a part of, like it's really, it's nice. And so that part I do appreciate. And there's some pretty magical things about Thanksgiving, even though it's not technically a magical holiday. Actually, it is a pretty magical holiday. Oh? Because, um, you know, on tables at Thanksgiving, there's this little horned basket called a cornucopia. Mm-hmm. And that has pagan roots, believe it or not. Do you believe that? Pagan roots. You know what? It's in, if you look at a, a, a photo or like a statue of Fortuna, she has one. So that, yes. is that where it comes from though? Well, actually, it's it happened, uh, it comes back from the Greeks. And the story goes like this. It was... Um, it was the story goes it's the birth and nourishment of baby zeus and you know he's the thunder god of the greeks and he was he was hidden from his devouring father cronus in a cave and one of his attendants was a goat named almathea which means nourishing goddess and she fed her fed him here her milk and kept him strong and nourished but one day the future king was uh playing with her and accidentally broke off one of her horns with his super strength because you know he's strong and um and and it was touched with divine power that provided never-ending nourishment how do you like that that's really cool so it's a goat horn it's the traditional yeah there's many different stories you know there's mm-hmm. a whole there's a whole slew of them but i thought that one was pretty that- interesting that's, I like that one. That's actually kind of cool. And I, I liked, like, the little visual that it gave me and stuff like that. But, you know, I thought that Zeus was also eaten by his father. And he was just the one that, like, tricked his dad into, like, basically vomiting everybody up. And that's what started the war with the Olympians and the Titans. Yeah, I mean, there's so many stories. That's but true. this is the story about the cornucopia, how it was born. Okay, basically. I like it. And I'm also for, you know, like, 
Zeus and all of all of his homies uh, not yeah. having to crawl out of their dad's stomach. You know, it's also associated with different deities like Cornucodia, uh, corn, corn, goddess of peace and harmony, Persephone, goddess of the underworld, um, Fortuna, of course, goddess of fortune, and also there's so many deities that are shown with cornucopias in their statues and in their pictures. You know, I'm going to have to look up some pictures of Persephone. Normally when I see, um, you know, artwork of her, I see her with... The pomegranate, only the pomegranate. I did. I don't think I've ever noticed, at least, a cornucopia with that. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty amazing, huh? So yeah, I love it. And I remember when I was a kid, we made one in art class, and that was like my first introduction into a cornucopia. And I just thought it was really fun because we made it out of clay, and then we got to make all the things that we put in it. And I just, I loved it. I had such a fun time with it. And so it's. It's a sign of abundance, right? Yes, it's a, it actually means a horn of plenty. That's what this translation is. Oh, so is that like the original horn of plenty? Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So, but we don't see them as, as goat horns anymore, though. No, no, no. They have they have uh, definitely evolved since the days of uh, Zeus, for sure. I mean, I don't know. I think a goat horn one would be kind of neat. It would be kind of neat, but, huh? And again, like, I just, I collect all sorts of oddities and taxidermy, so that might just be me getting excited about that. But they're normally, what, like? Made out of a weaved? basket mm -hmm. material. I insist on having one on my Thanksgiving table every year. My daughter knows now she better pull out that cornucopia and fill it with fruits and nuts and, you know, as a symbol of abundance for everybody that's attending. I love that. And I remember one year you couldn't find your cornucopia <laughs> and you lost your shit. Yeah, because we have to have it. it. We have to have it. But now whenever I see cornucopia anything, it reminds me of you. Yeah. And I'm really, I refrain from buying them for you because you would be overflowing with them at this point. Yeah. Like, it's weird how often I see them. I never yeah, realized too, now before. That I'm, now that I'm not looking for them, they're all over. <laughs> and that's the way, that's typical though. So typical. But cornucopias, going back to that, so it, it's a symbol of abundance. It's the horn of plenty, but it's also um, it's it's also a Strega holiday. So Stregas celebrate the same wheel of the year essentially as most other pagan traditions. But we kind of have different names for them, just like we call Samhain Shadow Fest. Mm -hmm. So we have cornucopia. We do, which which is uh, one of the bar harvests that we celebrate. Yes, and what holiday is, is it? Maybon? Is uh, that like what it's? No, no. Cornucopia is. Um, the first harvest, so it has to be, what is it, Lugnasha, Lugnasha, I can never say that word, Lugnasha? Lamas? Lamas. That's an easier way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> I have a spell for using a cornucopia. Ooh, what you got? So, you're going to place your cornucopia on your altar as part of a prosperity ritual, and you fill it with dried sprigs of sage, sink of oil, rosemary, mugwort, parsley, um, rosemary, thyme, and acorns, and an intention written on a piece of paper that you put inside there for abundance that you're going to call. And then you just leave it there until the holiday's over, and then you take all of that stuff that you had in that cornucopia, except the intention, of course, and you give it back to the earth. You give it to the animals to eat, the birds, and you know, the squirrels will come get the nuts, and the animals will eat a fruit. So you return it to the earth, and then you burn your intention on a candle, and then 
there you go. I like that. That's simple, really but, sweet. Yeah, it's a really nice one. I like that. That's going to motivate me to get a cornucopia now, because now I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I like mean, that. If, you're, if you're doing um, Thanksgiving, you need the cornucopia. Yeah, I like that. Now, another thing that I do that's tradition on Thanksgiving is we clove an orange. I'll pass it around to everyone who's in attendance little thing of cloves and an orange and everybody cloves it and it's for prosperity and abundance for the upcoming year so you take the like a whole clove because they're like spiky and you put the pointy end into the orange right right i remember doing this once with my grandma with my, with my italian grandma um uh -huh. and she taught me to do that it it i don't know if it was on thanksgiving but it was somewhere around the holidays because i remember we did that to an orange and then she like used like a needle and thread and like made a loop in it and hung it on the Christmas tree. Yeah. I mean, it smells divine when it dries. It smells so, so good. And you know what? People think that cornucopias are only for Thanksgiving, but you can have a cornucopia for every season. You can have it for Yule and fill it with pine and fresh, fresh pine and um, pine cones and cinnamon. Every season you can actually use the cornucopia, even though it kind of represents Thanksgiving. I'm going to just get you a bunch of different cornucopias and you're just going to have an abundance of them. I'll just start painting them like different colors for the holidays and stuff. Be like, this is my Yule one. So it's just not about Thanksgiving, but it is traditionally the most known at Thanksgiving. Well, I, I love the idea of the abundance and the way that it's representing. Because a lot of times now that we think abundance, we think money. Which is great, and I mean, who doesn't want an abundance of that? But like back in the day, that's not really what we saw. We saw an abundance because we saw a good harvest. Mm -hmm. And even now, like as much as, hell yeah, I want an abundance of money, but I also want to make sure that my kitchen's never empty. I want to make sure that I have an abundance of love and family and good health. So it can really represent a lot of different things. So I like the idea of the cornucopia that you can put different things in there to kind of work that magic that mm -hmm. way. So yeah. I kind of like that for sure so i have a cool little abundance thing for us as well that you can do and this is a really simple candle spell and i tried to make it as simple as i could just because i know that not everybody has access to all sorts of you know witchy stores and things like that and i mean you can get stuff online but even then like you know it just depends you may or may not have access to do that if people maybe don't know that you're of practicing witch so this is an easy one all you need is a white candle i prefer like a white pillar candle you can use one um that you get like at the dollar store like the emergency candles work really well and you dress it with a little bit of olive oil on it and when i did it, i actually rolled it in gold glitter because i just i love glitter i'm addicted to it it just I makes makes the world go round my dog actually has quite a bit of it on her right now um oops <laughs> But um, so you can roll it in gold glitter. I like using gold because first off to me, it's just like a pretty color and it's just shiny, but also it's the color of success. So I think that that's always good. And so what you do is so you dress that with some olive oil and then you have yourself a dried bay leaf and a piece of parchment paper or just like brown paper rag paper um, paper. Pick something that you can write on, I guess. And on your parchment you write down what you're grateful for and what you're thankful for and then on the bay leaf you write what you wish to be abundant in and you burn them together in the candle flame nice so i thought it was simple it's nice bay leaves work because they grant wishes and so you can write different things on them and burn them as a way of getting your petitions up to the heavens for them to be heard and hopefully granted and i think it's really important that we practice gratitude for what we have because yeah there's always something that we want and we're working towards but 
I am all about the practice of gratitude. I really believe in it. I think it's very important that you have to be thankful for what you already have in your life. If you want to keep manifesting and get something better and you want to have that plentiful life, you have to be real grateful for what's already there. Absolutely. I I always tell my people um, the quickest way to stop the flow of abundance is by failing to give honor from where it comes. Mm -hmm. So don't forget to do that. Whoever, whatever that is for you, make sure you verbally say out loud so the universe the gods know that you're giving back i like that and i think um i think that that's an interesting practice that i kind of see in modern day in social media oddly enough because it's always a big deal at least for me like i do dancing so like i get pictures from different shows and stuff and it's always please credit the photographer like, you know, so it's not just like, yes, that's a really great picture of you, but who captured it? Or you see things about crediting the artist mm-hmm. on different things. And it's just even simple things like that. Like, yeah, you're, you're giving credit. I don't know if we would necessarily call that gratitude. I kind of would. But just kind of like paying honor of like where it's from. Because, I mean, aren't the gods kind of just like the artists of our life and what they've crafted, you know? Absolutely. So as much as like, like when people, for instance, tell me... um that I'm a good reader and they're like wow you're really good or you're a really good healer like I say thank you but then I'm like you know it's not really just me like I'm just like I'm just the conduit for it so but thank you you know like always like never fully take all that credit yourself always say thank you um gratitude is something that I think has become very popular today with the practice of gratitude journals which um I think got really big and there was that book The Secret but it wasn't The Secret there's another one called I think like The Magic or something like that I'm not sure um The Secret is basically like kind of like the law of attraction it talks about like if you if you want something you have to think it and you know imagine yourself having it and as a way of manifesting it but then there's another one I think it's called The Magic or something but that is where I first read about gratitude and um one of my Reiki masters actually had us all read it in one of the classes that I took And it's a really interesting, like, almost like month-long practice of different gratitude things where each day you get a new thing that you have to work in. I mean, it gets kind of involved because there's, Mm. like, the gratitude journal and then there's, like, a gratitude rock and a gratitude dollar. Like, it just, it gets, like, really intense. But, I mean, if you could follow through with that, I bet it could really change a lot of things. Um, Because gratitude, it's not just, like, about being grateful and honoring where things come from. It's a cause and effect thing. If you are grateful, you will have more things to be grateful for. Right. And that is like the metaphysical woo-woo kind of thought process with it. But what I like about it is I think it changes your perspective and the way that your mind operates. Because if you're doing like a 21-day gratitude challenge, you know that at the end of the evening, you have to write down 10 things that you're grateful for. And so it's like, that gets hard. Like, it's easy, like, maybe the first three days, but Mm. wait till, like, the first day that you're having a bad day and you're just kind of like, fuck the world, I'm not grateful for anything. You still have to put ten things down, so you have to find something, and it gets difficult and challenging, and it makes your mind start searching for those positive things. Mm -hmm. So that by the time you're done with your 21 days, you have that mindset. So the bad shit just doesn't get you down as much. Yeah. Which is important, I think, because there's always something crappy that could ruin our day and you have to you have to really try and just not let that win absolutely you can't let you can't give your power away you have to maintain your power yeah 100 percent. and it's, it's hard to do and i think we all slip up at some point and it's just one of the things where you have to catch yourself mm-hmm. you know and one thing i tell people is like we have those days we're human we're human and we have those days and even when you're in the middle of like a mid like 
mental temper tantrum, catch yourself and just say like, okay, listen, universe, like, I know I don't mean this stuff. I'm just, I'm having a temper tantrum. Let me get it out of my system. And then continue on with your poor me syndrome and do what you need to do. And I always tell people that because first off, it puts you into like a little bit of a reality check that you're kind of just having a tantrum and having a moment. But the universe listens to everything that yeah, we does. do. Sure so you don't want to have that poor me syndrome where you're like, nothing good ever happens to me. Like, you want to like preface that with, I'm just kidding. Let me get it uh, out. I had a tantrum yesterday because someone locked this door to my reading room and we don't have a key. Oh, jeez. So I flipped. I mean, I was, I was, I flipped out and I had to break into my room because there's no key. There is no key exists for this door. So there's two people that lived in this house, me and my roommate, and it wasn't me. That locked friggin' door. <laughs> so I was cursing up a storm. English, Italian, you name it, I was cursing. So, but I got over it because I broke into my door. <laughs> you just, you got your fucking 40 and you were like, I'm a goddamn OG Strega and I'm going to bust through this door. And I'm going to drink some Miller right now. Baby, right? If I can open the fucking bottle. Okay, I got it. <laughs> okay. Here and of go. course you'll drink this and not make your gross face. Nope, she looks very happy. She's even doing her happy little beer dance, guys. I love beer. Raised on beer. My dad used to give it to me when I was a baby. Baby, baby, baby. I used to really want to drink beer with my dad when I was little, and obviously I couldn't. So instead, what they did was they put little cans of apple juice in the fridge next to his beer, and so there was daddy beer and Shauna beer. So I didn't actually know what apple juice was called for a really long time, and so we'd go to restaurants, and I'd want it, and I'd ask the waitress for Shauna beer. (laughs) (laughs) One time, my dad used to, every time he had a beer, he gave me a little shot of beer. I used to call it, make sure it has ice cream on top. That's the problem. Oh, my God. And then one day, so it, was, it was all set up, but I didn't know it. He was painting in the, in the kitchen, and he had his beer can there. And they used to have these plastic things that you could put on top of the beer can, like a little spout, like you could drink, like a little, mm-hmm, they were like really Like a sippy cool. cup thing? Yeah, but you just stick it on top, and mm-hmm. it was plastic, and it was curved out, and you could drink it instead of putting your mouth on the tin. So he's up there painting, and I sneak over, see the beer. I pick it up and I take a big gulp and I went and I spit it out. He put water in there because he knew I was going to come and sneak the beer. He <laughs> laughed so hard at me. I was like, that's not fair. <laughs> he tricked me. He knew me. He knew me well. Oh my God, that it's is his so fault. funny. He started me on drinking beer. So there you go. Right. I mean, I was little, little. I'm trying to remember when I first had my first sip of beer. I mean, I was probably that kid that like would sneak it. But I don't know. I hated beer for a really long time. It took me a while to get into to drink it. It's definitely acquired taste taste for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I had to. I had to acquire that one. Um, Okay, we totally got distracted, but alcohol is very important to this show because that is why we're wine spirits and witches. So you're getting tipsy witches tonight, guys. Um, Back to our gratitude, though, just to kind of sum it up because we did talk about gratitude journals we we touched on it and I actually recommend them to my clients a lot because I really do believe in them and every time that I get super like bitchy or PMSy or whatever it is and I'm having my temper tantrum moments I'll just stop and I'll be like I'm grateful for this and I'm grateful for this and like it actually kind of calms my mood down Mm -hmm. even though at first I'm really angry going I'm fucking grateful for this goddamn you know and then slowly like like five things in I'm, I'm normal again so it really I really believe in this so when you do a gratitude journal what I like people to do 
is I say five to ten things. Sometimes I'll give people a break and say three because five is actually hard, but you're supposed to do ten. Um, so pick your number, whatever it's going to be. Don't don't cheap out on yourself and only do one. Do at least three, but I really say five is that happy number. And you say, I am grateful for this because this. So it can't just be like, I'm grateful for this, this, and this. Like you, you write it out. I am grateful for Monica because I love her and she's a kick-ass witch. That's how you have to do your gratitude. There has to be what it is and why, which is where it gets tricky when you put that why in. But this shouldn't be easy because anything good, anything that really changes stuff for you, you got to work for. Mm -hmm. So it gets really challenging, but it takes 21 days to build a habit. So if you can do that for 21 days, your mindset is going to totally shift. It is very hard to do it for 21 days though. And you have bumps and you stop and you just, you have to try again. So it might take a couple tries before you get it right, but it's really cool. Very cool. Now, believe it or not, I took one big sip of this Miller and I am high. Drunk. I am such a lightweight. <laughs> I can't stand it. I'm spinning. Can you stand it? Oh, go figure. I remember when we went to New Orleans together, it was our first night there, and we went to some restaurant and you ordered a hurricane and you took like three sips. Like, I swear, you're probably like a quarter of the way through, like generously, like a quarter of the way through, and then you're like, I'm drunk. And I automatically got so excited because I was like, I'm going to be able to get drunk for real cheap this trip because I'm just going to drink all your drinks. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it doesn't take much for me, that's for sure. That's for sure. Oh, my God. I'm a cheap date. That works. That works well. Guys, now that you know, Monica likes her 40s, but they have to have like the screw on cap so that she can make it last for like a fucking week because she needs or two more. sips of it. Or more. Oy vey. <laughs> so outside of, of doing gratitude journals or saying thank you, like kind of how we were talking about crediting the artists and crediting the deities, I mean, also give them offerings. Yes. That's a big one. That's a really important one, I think. Yes. And I think... I mean, to me, when I work with deities, I work with pretty specific ones, but I know that's not always the case. I know sometimes people just work with spirit or with just God and goddess. I do have some friends that I know that are witches, but they just kind of do like a general one. So what would be some good general offerings? Well, you know, if it's just goddess or God, uh, sometimes when I'm doing spell work, I... I would I'll say like when this manifests or when this comes through I will I will bring you flowers or I or I give her flowers beforehand in hopes that she's gonna give me what I want back in return. So mm -hmm. I give flowers is one thing that I always do. Booze is a good one. Uh, crystals are another. Yeah. Yeah. Crystals are good. And I like like fruit. I mean, fruit works too. Like Ganesh loves fruit. Yeah, Ganesh really does love fruit. A lot of deities, and you can find a lot of different like fruits for different deities um and i also tell people to do if you're going to do an offering to like a body of water a lot of people want to do that with like rivers or oceans it, i tell them give fruit yeah. or fi find something basically that's like sea creature safe and so fruit is a good one alcohol it tends to be a really good offering because yes. a lot of deities they like rum and whiskey seem to be very popular ones for hard liquors but also wine yes. i get i give my my deities wine they like it they have some red wine right now and they're very happy i work with venus and she she really loves um, rosé. Okay. So that kind of where she'll probably get some of this pink Moscato that you didn't drink too. <laughs> yep. So, but if you do work with a specific deity, you can kind of Google it and see like what is sacred to them. Right. And use what's what's sacred to them. 
And even if it's just like if you don't color represent something, you can just light them a candle with that color. But flowers are a good one. And I'm actually, I did that once um, with Fortuna. <clears throat> Fortuna, like you said, she's the Roman goddess of fortune. She's also seen as like Lady Luck. So she rules over fortune, fate, and luck. And I do have a little prosperity altar at home with a statue of her on it. And one day I was getting ready for work and I don't know what possessed me to do this, but I turned around and I looked and I was like, if I make over $200 today, I'll buy you a dozen roses. Oh, wow. And I made $222. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> she was like, message received. So I stopped on my way home and I, I got her some flowers. You have to make sure, though, if you're going to do it that way where you're going to give them an offering, like where you're cutting a deal, you have to make sure make that sure you, you follow up. Yes, Absolutely. If you want the gods to help you, you have to, like, follow through with your promises. Oh, yeah. So I recently discovered that um, I have a relationship with Pluto, with Hades, which has been really interesting. And when I look back on different things, I've realized, like, he's always kind of been there in different ways. And he kind of made, like, his big appearance in my life at a, at a significant time and in, like, a funny way where he kept popping up because I, like, kept missing the point. And so finally, you walked out with my statue of him that I left at your house for, like, over a year. And you're like, are you forgetting something? Yeah. And I, he was like, yeah, bitch, are you? And I'm like, sorry, <laughs> man. So he, ha he has a, an altar in my house now, and it's all good. I'm learning about him, and it's been a really fun and, and exciting thing to, like, research him and, and learn more about him. But I have recently learned that he's very impatient. Ah. Um. So keys are one of the things that are sacred to him. And I've already kind of hooked him up with some really cool keys. offerings. Not keys per se. I've given him pomegranates, which are a sacred fruit to him. I've also given him um, a human bone. Oh. Because I happen to have a human rib bone. Oh, my. And I had it for um, probably like two years. And I always meant to do something with it because I am an avid collector of, of oddities. And I never did. And then I was like, oh, this is for you. Okay. But he, I knew he wanted a key. Like, you would just, you would look at his altar and he would just, like, yell the word key at you. Because those are another thing that are sacred to him. And I have plenty of keys around the house, but none of them I bought specifically for him. And I wanted him to have his own special one. And I took about three days and I was thinking about it. And I, like, even mentioned it to, I think, my husband. And I guess I just took too long because then I was driving to work. And I had a flat fucking tire. And it turns out that there, there was, like, a metal shard in my tire. And when we pulled it out, no shit, it was a key. See? That was a hint clue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He stopped me literally wow. right in my tracks. Wow. Uh, needless to say, I took the key and I gave it to him. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. Okay. It's his dumb. Good. And speaking of abundance, that's actually one of his things. Everyone just, like, kind of associates him with the underworld and with Cerberus and, and the dead. But he's actually... Um, one of the gods of wealth and abundance because minerals and diamonds and all the things that make abundance come from the earth and he is underneath the earth so that's his domain mm -hmm. so you can actually do like wealth spells and abundance spells to pluto okay that's kind of cool to know yeah it is cool yeah. to know. very cool to know guy is another one that represented of uh Abundance. abundance oh 100% yep. of the earth just like the overall earth goddess and flora she's a goddess of the of the flowers um is she italian or roman or what is she um flora yeah sounds, uh roman yeah flora and fauna yeah flora and fauna yeah so yeah i like that yeah so there's i mean there's not so many that you can really like you can work with a lot of deities for abundance i think you just have to 
made me think about what you want abundance in or if it's kind of just like a general abundance i think Gaia would be really great or just general god goddess spirit i feel like so many people feel very pressured to know who their patron and patroness is right away um honestly like it first off you never really need to have a specific one you i don't. know you really don't yeah i know plenty of people that are you know very involved in their covens and very prominent in the pagan community here that just have like basic goddess and god like yeah. it's not a specific thing and I feel like I waited a really long time before I really knew who my patrons were. So, like, there's really no rush. Yeah, there isn't. No. But it's kind of cool when you find them or when you find, like, oh, when they deities. Find you. When, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When they remind you that you've always been theirs. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel a lot of really good comfort with the spirits that I get to work with and that I've been fortunate enough to create a bond with because they're, they're your family. They become part of your family. Yes. Um, and with family... We have to deal with them a lot on Thanksgiving, too. Yeah, and that, that could be either wonderful or not so wonderful. Yeah. I think, um, I know I know some people get really excited about going home for the holidays, and they get excited about catching up. A lot of people know that, you know, your mom's going to be like, why aren't you married? Where's my grandchildren? And it can escalate from there and actually become problematic sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I know that as we move into the holiday season, it's something that a lot of people are feeling. And I kind of wanted to address that a little bit because it it can really be a problem. Yeah, there's a lot of, I I talk to a lot of my clients and they just are really in a spin about being with their family because they know it's not going to be a good experience and they're they're not looking forward to it at yeah. all. I think the best Thanksgiving I've ever had was actually with you and your family when oh, I have wow. been to Thanksgiving with you guys. So I do know that it is something that kind of happens and I think one thing that's very common is relatives arguing with each other whether it's just silly bickering where like your drunk uncle started talking about politics or it's like something where it's actually pretty gnarly and people maybe drank too much and really get right. into it and i have a special little charm that i have that i don't want to say that i came up with it because i didn't i don't know where i found this i read it in a book and then i i put my own spin on it And if I can ever figure out what book it came from, I will totally credit the author because I really like this charm. And um, it's to calm a heated household. Okay. And so you get either like a jar, like a mason jar with with a lid because, you know, mason jars are like really the only rule of witchcraft, like Mm -hmm. mason jars. Um, But I think in this case what I used was I had a couple shot bottles of Patron. I I really like those bottles. They're glass. They've got cork. They're pretty. So I would save those. So I just use a tiny thing. You don't need a huge thing. I would say don't use a huge thing because that'd be incredibly expensive. And you're going to create layers in it, a single layer of each, preferably. Or if you're going to do, like, multiple layers of each, it should be in an even number. And it's a layer of salt, sugar, chamomile, and powdered dragon's blood. Um, You can also add in, if you want, pale pink or yellow roses. And so you're going to create a layer of each one in there. And I even like powder the roses or like peel them apart. And then you cap it and you put it into a bottle and you keep it in a room where everyone that everyone goes into. So like I think the kitchen is a better one to put it in because it's really easy to put it like in a cabinet where you keep your spices. Mm -hmm. And because everyone will go there, they'll see it. Or, you know, if you have like a little like display thing that you can stick it behind, something like that. I guess you could put it in the living room or the bathroom. I think those are kind of the easiest rooms that everybody enters. Right, right. And that's a really good place to put it and it helps keep peace. My experience with it was um, there's a huge fight in my house. 
and I, I was worried about it. I was like, man, this is pretty intense. So I, I found this in a book and I made it and I snuck and I hid it into the kitchen. And the next morning, the fight was even worse. And I was like, oh, my God, this spell backfired. What did I do? And then, like, five minutes later, everything was great. And then they all went shopping together. Like, oh, nothing wow. ever happened. And it was cool. So I was like, oh, well, I, I guess the spell did work. So that is a really neat one that's kind of cool that you can do. Well, I like using my main squeeze, one of my main squeezes, St. Anthony. He's amazing. He is amazing. You know, he is for more than just lost and stolen items. He's also for family problems or family, something with family, and for special favors. So if something's going on with the family, get out that St. Anthony candle, light it, and in a few minutes, you'll see everything come down to a slow halt. It's really remarkable how that works. You know, you're the one that taught me about St. Anthony helping with family problems, and I really got to say that it's very true. And I have, I have recommended that to different clients now and stuff like that. And I've always gotten really positive feedback about it. Yep. He also is the patron saint of children. So uh -huh. it's like he helps guard children. And I, and I thought that was kind of nice too, especially because a lot of times when there is family issues, the kids are, are affected, they're whether victims. you think so. Yeah. Yep. You know, you may not, you may not think so. You might think that like, you know, the toddler isn't understanding what's going on. They may not understand, but like, you know, they get those vibes. They know. You know, something's wrong. So, St. Anthony's excellent. Um, he likes brown candles. What kind of oil? If you were going to put an oil on a St. Anthony. Anthony oil. Um, I like coconut oil. That works really well. Oh, duh. Yeah, I guess that would be good, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coconuts are his thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you know why they're his thing? Like, just out of curiosity? I don't, I don't really know why, but I know in um, it is associated. He is in uh, Santeria Allegua which is represented by a coconut sometimes. So that's so, probably where it comes from. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. And I think so a lot of times, like at least in Los Angeles where we are, we're really lucky because we can find really cool saint candles at like CVS or Walgreens or all over the it's place. Awesome. There's Vallarta, yeah. which is a really cool um, grocery store. And it is so exciting because they have a whole freaking aisle of oh. candles and oils and baths and it's just like you just get your witchcraft supplies while you're getting your fucking groceries for the week it is amazing yep <laughs> yeah. exactly so i was really excited so that's kind of where i found saint anthony though because even though he is more so what i think of as as a more quote quote common saint you don't see his candles at like cvs but yeah. by art, I find them. Yeah, yeah, they definitely have them at by art. Sometimes this color is brown, sometimes it's yellow, and sometimes it's white. I've seen them in all three colors. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Yeah. So I prefer brown, but that's me. Yeah, I, I go, brown is my go-to, and the problem is that I always confuse him with Saint Francis. Right, because they look because, similar with the, you know, with their garb. Yes, absolutely. And then they both like brown candles, and so I kept telling my client the other day, Saint Anthony, and then I kept saying Saint Francis. She's like Anthony. I'm like, fuck yes, that one, that guy, <laughs> that one. Um, but that's cool because all you got to do to make a Saint Anthony candle, cause see, I like Saint candles because they're really easy to make, and I am a lazy ass witch. So you take the candle and like whatever oil or glitter. And you just print out a picture of them and slap it on the, the jar of the candle, yeah, right? That works really well. Yeah, if you can't find the actual candle with the picture printed, print your own and, and just tape it on. And there you go. You have your candle. Because you don't need to charge saint candles, right? No, because they're already charged. Let's face it. 
because they're saints. They're higher, you know, they're higher up there. So there's, yeah. I like that. So everyone, like, I know Thanksgiving is next week. Go grab your brown candle. Just make, like, this little low pro thing that you do in your room where you're like, please make sure that drunk Uncle Henry, like, keeps his mouth shut and everyone can just eat turkey and go to sleep. And don't fight over the damn drumstick, for crying out loud. I've been in uh, dinners where people fight over the damn drumstick. Really? Yeah. I don't think oh that you God, would fight ridiculous. over the wishbone. That's no, what no, I would fight over. it's the drumstick. It's pretty crazy. All right. Did someone get smacked with it? Because I feel like it would be a deadly weapon. Uh, no, no one has gotten smacked yet. So, <laughs> But someone ends up without a drumstick, that's for sure. I used to, um, like hate thanksgiving i think it's just because like i was little and then like it just meant that everyone just cooked and was like angry all day and then i had to do all these dishes but now that i like to cook like i am so excited about thanksgiving and i'm excited about cooking all of this food like i have an excuse to go like ultra mega housewife and just cook all the things and i cannot wait that's cool and we have a tradition we have to have the same foods that i had as a child growing up, which has to be the turkey, the stuffing, the sweet potatoes, the mashed potatoes, the yams, the, um, what else, cranberry sauce, the nuts and the fruits, the pumpkin pie, the apple pie. Uh, and then we add our own little hit to it. Like now we've added um, string bean casserole. Green, green bean. Beans. Look, at it's a vegetable. It's so foreign. You're like, what the fuck are those ugly <laughs> green things called? Corn. You need corn too. But uh, you have to have all of the above. And my daughter knows that if all of that stuff is not there, that her mother is going to have a hissy fit. So she makes sure that all the goodies are there, waiting, ready to go. And fruit. You have to have the fruit, the nuts, the pies. Yeah. Everything has to be accounted for on Thanksgiving. Oh, my goodness. Well. So good. And it's so good. And the gravy. mm, and Oh, yeah. I'm trying to come up with like new like quirky traditions and stuff like that. So I personally like pumpkin pie. I don't think anyone else likes pumpkin That's too pie. Bad. That's too bad. But last year I ended up making a peach cobbler just because we had the stuff for it. So okay. I'm like, okay, why not? So I think that might actually be like my weird Thanksgiving like tradition. And um, it's peach cobbler. It's to me, it's a really special thing. My uncle, who taught me how to read tarot when I was a kid, used to make peach cobbler for me and my cousin, and he'd come over with it with like a huge thing, and it was still piping hot. And he'd have like a container of vanilla ice cream, and he would make each of us a bowl, and it would be like this really big deal. So when I finally made mine last year, and it was so simple, I was like, this motherfucker made it seem like a special occasion. That's good. That's good. <laughs> but, so that was so it was a really special thing to me. So to me, it's kind of like kitchen magic because it's like a really happy, sweet childhood memory that yeah. wasn't tainted by anything. It's just pure happiness and sugar. And peaches are actually pretty damn magical. And now that I think of them, I, someone... I I was our coven brother actually was talking about peaches. We were all doing a working for something and that's, he came up with peaches because they're for wisdom Ah. and they help impart wisdom on whoever eats or drinks them. So you could even use like peach schnapps if it was a drink. But so now I I think about my uncle that taught me tarot and then I think about our coven brother and I think about wisdom every time I make that. And I feel like that's a really nice thing to go into the holidays with because, excuse me, 
the holidays mean that we're entering the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Everyone's really excited, but we're starting to get really ambitious about all the stuff we're going to conquer in the next year. And so it's a good thing to kind of go into that with wisdom. Mm-hmm. So I like the idea of incorporating peaches a little bit, even though they're out of season. So it's, yeah. they have to be canned peaches, where at least where we are. But to incorporate some peach something into your holiday tradition so that you can bring the wisdom that you've obtained from this year into the next year to make it a better year. Very good. I like that. So that's that's my like little tradition that I've thrown out there and I did want to also talk about seasonal depression and holiday depression because that's a big one it's huge it's huge it's huge they say that if you can make it through the holidays past uh Valentine's Day you know people who are really depressed if you can make it through that without killing yourself you did good but a lot of people the most suicides happen during the holiday season yeah and that's that's really it's really intense and that's really sad and before we get into witchy stuff about it just i'm gonna make that psa that there are hotlines out there there are helplines out there in fact i'm writing myself a note to put suicide hotlines um information on our on our instagram but there are people out there that care and if that is something that you suffer with like reach out to somebody if you can't reach out to somebody that you know you don't feel like it's okay you can literally talk to strangers that are going to be invested in your well-being yes. for fucking free and it's discreet like you you know there's always hope so there's don't always give light that up. at the end of that dark tunnel no. always 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 100 percent. so just know that going into it i know that the holidays can be rough for so many different reasons and it's rough and you feel like you're alone yes but you're not like there are people there for you reach out that's super super important what about i mean even the music sometimes reflects depression like elvis's uh i'll have a blue christmas i mean yeah that if that doesn't want to make you kill yourself i don't know what what does you know what i think the fact that i like christmas music is like my dirty little secret because everyone i know fucking hates it but, I mean, like, there's a time and a place for it. I get really annoyed when I hear Christmas music and it's, like, not even Halloween yeah, yet. Like, yeah, everyone needs to fucking that. relax. But come the day after Thanksgiving, I'm going to be the most Christmassy motherfucker. Like, I'm already the size of a goddamn elf. I might just dress like one <laughs> until Yule happens. Wow. Um, yes. No, the Elvis song, that's pretty bad. And then there's that other one, Baby, It's Cold Outside. That's pretty damn rapey. Is it? Yeah, it really yeah, let's is. Yeah, not go there. Come on, it wasn't meant to be like that. Come on. <laughs> let's not read into this crap. It wasn't They've meant even, to... like, made, like, a politically I correct know, version. I know, I know. How stupid. Come on, it wasn't meant to be like that. Keep what? Key and Peele's version also. Oh, Key and Peele's? I haven't heard Key and Peele's version of it. We're going to have to find it. So Key and Peele are these two comedians, and they are fucking hilarious. So they made their version of it. I'm assuming once everyone started complaining about how rapey <sighs> Baby It's Cold Outside is. It's in, like, the first season, I think. Okay. I have, I'll have to look. We'll, ha- we'll have to find, like, a video of it or something that we'll just bump that for our, our Christmas song. Um, well... Aside from that, it is a Christmas classic, and even though I do think it's kind of rapey, I still I will still play it. So there there is that. Yeah. Um, but rapey and depressing Christmas carols aside. Yes. I do have um 
a couple things about depression that we can do to kind of help with it. Okay. Um, so crystal wise, the one that like I have like a little combo of crystals that I like, and it's I like using hematite first off because it's grounding. Right. Because I feel like a lot of like anxiety and depression and things like that when you're not grounded it gets worse if you can stay grounded it's not that they may not be there but they're not as bad because you can get a handle on it so hematite's a really great grounding stone um and i really do like carnelian for happiness Mm. that is my my happy stone it's just you know what every time i think of carnelian we used to have these really adorable ones that come to the store and they're almost perfect little tiny circles they're just like happy little pebbles and i just love them but they actually are a stone of happiness they help alleviate sadness and they actually boost joy and humor and you know amethyst is overplayed as it is lifts depression the basic bitch of crystals amethyst yes. yeah so <laughs> amethyst is your go-to stone for lifting depression as well and amazonite actually can help relieve anxiety okay and i can totally attest to that because i am your textbook anxious little shaky chihuahua you know that's that's just who i am on the inside and i had um i had a, a bracelet like a beaded bracelet of amazonite and it was it really really helped and i was just kind of having a lot of stress and i was a hot little shaky chihuahua mess and it like broke that's awesome. it was just like girl uh-huh. i'm done <laughs> But it really does work. It's wonderful. Um, another thing you can do is bring fresh eucalyptus into the home because that definitely brings down emotionally charged situations for sure. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. I did not know oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you'll see it. Just like St. Anthony, you'll see the, the mood and everything can come right down. Where do you get fresh eucalyptus? Honey, I see it in people's houses, street, right? Go on the street. Go on the park and down the street from the store. Wild. It grows wild for us to pick and to gather. I know, because we're lucky, because we live in a place where we have a lot of weird shit that can grow here, but I'm talking about our listeners that are in different florist places. Florist to florist to supermarket. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, that that works. And it's pretty, too. It's, so it's like, you can really pass it off as just being decorative, yes. and no one's got to know that it's a witchy thing. No, it's true. Because so, lavender is a good one for calm and serenity. I don't really necessarily know how I feel like it like it would boost your mood, though, or help fight depression. It so does, though. It, does it, lifts, it? it lifts depression. It helps. It does. Depression. Okay. Yeah. Well, cause it, it would calm you and mellow you out for sure. Okay. Yeah. So I like that. I, I love lavender. I feel like lavender is the basic bitch of herbs. It's like lavender and amethyst are like the jam for everything. Not to say that they don't work, but guys, there's other shit out there. Like get, get adventurous a yes, little bit, right? Yes. Just do a little research. So I like that eucalyptus one, though. And you, well, Green Man, the Green Man store where we work, has a really great oil called Heart's Ease. Uh-huh. And it says just like, it does exactly what it says. It eases the heart and kind of just helps take the edge off. And it's a really beautiful scent. It's very floral and rosy. And it you can just wear it as a perfume. And uh-huh. it's it's really great. And it does help you put a little bit over your heart and just wear the rest like on, you know, like your pulse points. And it helps. And people will just think that you smell nice. But you also have a really good recipe, um, your emotional balance recipe. Right, which I don't have my hands on it right now, but we will post it on Instagram. Yes, we will get it. And I believe it's only two ingredients, so it's not even like heavy duty, like you have to get 20 ingredients. So, Which I appreciate because I remember, especially when I first started out with magic, I would I would find these really cool spells that wanted fucking 300 drops of this and 8 right, million right. drops of that. And it just, it got really overwhelming and then I just wouldn't do the spell. Right, exactly. And I was I'm all about simple. I like simple, earthy, natural, quick. That's that's what I like. 
100% I am all about it so we will get that and for those of you that want to find the stuff that we put on Instagram um, we are wine spirits and witches on Instagram you can find us at wine spirits and witches I, I try and post there and sometimes I, I fall off the Instagram bandwagon but I do I do try and keep at least the things that we promise to put up on there so that people can find references and sources for things yes so you can definitely find that. And each month we do an Ask Estrega episode, which we need your help with, guys. This is where you guys 100% get to participate. And um, you get to email us questions, whether it be something that we kind of touched on during the show or something that you just really want to know. Want to know, like, yeah. So you can send us a DM through Instagram. You can email us at winespiritsandwitches at gmail.com and we do this once a month so listen in see if your question gets answered uh you'll actually see that episode next week okay do you have any closing remarks mama strega well just remember be grateful don't forget to give thanks give offerings to your deities uh give give offerings to the earth and the animals outside even throwing some bread or seed to the birds that is an offering and uh, just be thankful. I like it. So basically, just don't be a dick. Yeah, don't be a, don't be a dick. Yeah. I do have one other thing is we did have our, and continue to have our battle over Athame and Athami. <laughs> and I am so excited to say that we have gotten voice messages from people all across the U.S. We had someone from France send wow. us a voicemail. Um and it's been kind of an equal draw in the sense of this is what people are saying versus this is what is traditionally said and where it came from. And so it it's come from England. Um, so I we are fortunate enough that the manager of the Green Man store is from England. And I very often like to come up with weird words that I know that British people say different and have him say them like vitamin or aluminum. And he's very patient with me about it most of the time. And so I got him to say athame for me. And at first he looked at me like, is this one of your like fucked up shitty jokes? And I'm like, no, this is an argument. You need to settle it. How is it said? And he said, Athami. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So technically, technically you win. I know. I knew I would win. Okay. But I'm, I'm right. still saying it's Athame. It's Athami. Get athame. over it. Get over it. <laughs> Get over it. Okay. All right. One of these days. One of these days. Athame. Anyway, shout outs for this week. Who you want to shout out to? I have to shout out to my goddaughter, Marissa, in Pennsylvania. She uh, caught the show and she texts me all excited. So hi, sweetheart. Would love to see you soon. Happy Thanksgiving. That is awesome. I'm going to give a shout out to, I call him my work husband. I have my, my real husband, my Ricky, but I have my work husband, Hovick. And we've actually talked about him before. He works at the Green Man store. I give him lots of shit almost every day because as his work wife, that's my job. This is for you, Hovick. You know exactly what I mean. Okay. Yeah, he he hates Monica's humming. Hovick, I love you. You're still a jerk, but I love you. Happy Thanksgiving. And happy happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving to all of you guys listening. And... Email us your questions. Follow us on Instagram. Tell me if you say athame or athami like a weirdo. And may abundance and blessings be yours for the next season. Absolutely. So mote it be. So mote it be. Marry me. Marry part. And and marry marry me again. again.